When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back. Basketball Conference Podcast, Week 13, Rivalry Week Preview Edition. I'm Mike McDaniel, usually joined, of course, by Joey Weaver. You know, we mentioned to you a couple podcasts ago that things were getting weird with our travel schedules. I was out in Oakland, of course. Joey is still vacationing in Jamaica. I sit here recording on Thanksgiving morning, so I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't say Happy Thanksgiving to all of you listening. Joey pre-recorded his segments on Wednesday night. Um, full disclosure, he and I sat down on Wednesday evening with full plans to record, but the weather in Jamaica, unfortunately, was really, really bad on Wednesday afternoon. Um, there was flooding at Joey's resort, knocked out some power temporarily. Wi-Fi was a major issue, so Joey and I couldn't get a very good connection. Um, but he is here in spirit and also of course with pre-recorded segments so i'm going to splice this together as best as i can of course you know we wish it was a little bit easier uh than this but you know we still want to be able to give you guys good acc content albeit in a manner that we weren't expecting but joey's got some great insight i've already listened to a lot of his segments so i'm going to splice those in along with mine here as we preview all of the week's games uh Big-time rivalry week, of course, really important week for the ACC as it you know, pertains to the college football playoff. Clemson has a big-time out-of-conference game against in-state rival South Carolina. Uh, Miami is traveling on the road in the final week of the season to take on Pittsburgh, so both those teams, of course, will be meeting in the conference championship game. Uh, but this, this weekend does have implications on the college football playoff, so we'll get into those two games and the rest of the games as well, but... First, I'm going to allow Joey uh, to speak for himself and kind of give you guys insight on what's going on down there in Jamaica um, and and just kind of give you an idea of what he's dealing with. Uh, But he seems to still be enjoying himself. Take a listen. Hey, everyone. This is Joey. It is Wednesday the 22nd on Thanksgiving Eve. I am in Jamaica. Uh, It rained real hard this afternoon, and the bottom floor of the resort flooded and they started trying to move people and wi-fi has gotten all weird and we lost power for like half an hour but as far as i know the bars are still stocked and we are still about to go watch week 13 in the acc so i am uh, i'm recording some of these segments separately and uh, mike has agreed to splice them together because we are nothing if not troopers and here to give you some sweet acc football content Doing our best here, as we mentioned a couple episodes ago, some of the travel logistics are making this a super uh, weird couple of weeks, but we appreciate you hanging with us, and uh, I'll be back here later in this episode with all of my picks for this week's games in a very, very important and big-time week 13 in the ACC. And there you go. So Joey's struggling over there in Jamaica with internet connection and whatnot, but he's got plenty of hot ACC football takes that he's going to be bringing to you here shortly um, including with the game that we're going to start out with number two Miami heading on the road against unranked Pittsburgh four and seven on the year the Panthers are Miami of course 10 and 0 looking to complete an undefeated regular season before heading on to the ACC championship a week from Saturday this game's taking place noon eastern time on Friday on ABC Miami enters as a 13 and a half point favorite all the makings of being a super weird game. You're on the road. You're playing on a Friday. It's a noon kickoff, short week for the Hurricanes and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh coming off of an emotional loss to Virginia Tech in Blacksburg last Saturday. Miami, of course, had to come from behind in their home finale against Virginia last Saturday. It looked really convincing in the third and fourth quarter, but you know, wasn't really looking good for Miami there early in that game. They really turned it on there in the end and were able to sneak out the win and really almost covered the spread. I think they were 17-point favorite, nearly covered that uh, last Saturday. 
But nevertheless, Hurricanes on the road against the Panthers. Miami, newly minted number two team in the college football playoff. Uh, they do a great job of stopping the run, and that's been their MO all year. And if there's one strength that Pittsburgh has, it's on the ground. Despite nearly losing the game last weekend, Virginia Tech did a really good job of stopping Darren Hall and Quadri Allison. Um, I expect Miami to try to shut down the run here of the Panthers as well. Um, you know, Miami's done a great job of it this year, of course, against Virginia Tech, against Notre Dame. Um, did a decent job of it against Virginia, really struggled through the air. Um, or really struggled against against the passing attack of Virginia last Saturday, and that's what got him into trouble. But Miami is really good defensively. Um, uh, you know, they let some big plays get away from them last weekend, uh, but, you know, made the plays that they had to make, you know, most notably the pick six. It really changed the whole course of the football game. And that's what Miami's been doing all year. They've been forcing turnovers, and Pittsburgh doesn't really know who their quarterback is. Um, ben DiNucci, of course, we've, you know, given, given him plenty of... Uh, plenty of credit for all the good and the bad in the Pittsburgh passing game Joey and I have over the past you know year year and a half since he made his appearance in the bowl game last winter for Pittsburgh as a freshman uh Danucci has been playing quarterback for a majority of the year uh, but they also have Kenny Pickett who's a freshman came in played really well for Pitt last weekend I expect that we'll see both quarterbacks on Saturday for Pittsburgh, but at the end of the day, it's not going to matter. Um, you're going to have a young quarterback facing a defense in Miami that loves to turn the football over, uh, and they've done a great job of that all year. Despite all of the elements, with it being a noon game on ABC, on the road, it's really easy. You know, It's a look-ahead spot for Miami. They got Clemson in the conference championship game next Saturday. It would be real easy to overlook this game against Pittsburgh, yet I don't think Miami is going to. I think Miami is going to come out and win this game pretty decisively. They're a 13.5-point favorite. I think they win this game in cover because I just don't see Pittsburgh getting anything going on the ground. I think if Ben DiNucci and or Kenny Pickett end up putting the ball in the air 25 or 30 times, Miami is going to capitalize and produce a couple of turnovers, and that should be enough to at least get them a couple scores and set up a short field for Malik Rozier in that offense. Um, Rozier has been okay this year. Um, he's been underwhelming at times. He's turned the football over a ton. Um, the last couple of weeks, he's been a bit better. I expect Rozier to have a good game on Saturday, a nice little tune-up game for him, heading into a defense or a champ, or conference title game with Clemson against a defense that's really, really solid. So this should be a good tune-up game from Lake Rozier in that offense. I like Miami to win this game and cover. Um, I think Pittsburgh could hang around early, but I think the Hurricanes will win this thing pretty decisively here in the second half. And, you know, to set up for a massive, massive game next Saturday, of course, with college football playoff implications between Miami and Clemson. So I think the Hurricanes win. They get by the Panthers and um, they, they get, you know, eight days to prepare, of course, for a really, really good Clemson team. And it'll be interesting to see how, of course, both of those teams play heading into the conference championship game. But Let's turn it over to Joey and hear his take on the game and see if he's in agreement here with my take on the Hurricanes. All right, Friday at noon on uh, ABC. ABC it is, sure. Miami, a 13.5-point road favorite at the Pittsburgh Panthers who are trying to get a win so they could kind of squeak into 5-7 and seven APR bull eligibility. I got bad news for you, Panthers fans, is uh, Miami's real good. And, um, well, allegedly, but here's the thing. So let's start with this. Miami, I think is going to win this game. Uh, Miami is, if nothing else, they are a team of destiny this year. Uh, games that they should win, they barely do. And games that they maybe shouldn't win, they still find ways to win. So, uh, I don't think the Canes are going down here. They've got uh, a tough test next week in the ACC championship game against Clemson. Maybe a little bit of a look-ahead spot, not to mention that Pitt has really run the ball well with Darren Hall in particular. Um, 13 and a half is a lot of points here for a Miami team that has not gone on the road in about a month and has not really proven that they can just dominate a team outside of night games at home. So uh, 13 and a half, give me the points uh, with Pittsburgh. I think Miami still wins this game probably 7 to 10 points. Um Let's call it uh, Miami 28-20. to 20. I think the Canes get it done. Might be a little bit of a backdoor cover situation by the Panthers, but uh, I think the Canes get it done here, for better or worse, even though the Panthers are, once again, Mike, America's team of the week. Go Panthers, hail to Pitt, get it done. Uh, 
but ultimately I think I think the Canes do win here. Let's move on. 8 o'clock Eastern time on Friday night, the second game for the ACC on the day. The 25th-ranked Virginia Tech Hokies head on the road to battle 6-5 and five unranked Virginia on ESPN. Hokies enter the game as a 7.5-point favorite. It's well documented the Hokies have held the Commonwealth Cup basically since the beginning of time. Um, Virginia hasn't won this game upwards of 13 or 14 years. It's been a very long time since the Cavaliers have beaten Virginia Tech in this rivalry game. But if there was one year for them to do it, I think this could be the year. Um, The Hokies laying 7.5, that's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. For an offensive Virginia Tech that's struggled over the last few weeks, a defense that has a propensity to give up big plays, an offense in Virginia that has produced big plays of late, it's a dangerous spot for the Hokies. Um, Virginia's defense has improved. They have a good pass rush. Um, Rushing defense, for the most part, has been good this year. Virginia Tech can't run the football at all. Josh Jackson has regressed behind a offensive line that has regressed as well. Hokies are lacking playmakers in the passing game. Uh, it's not the same offense now that it was probably a month or two ago, and I think Virginia Tech was playing their best football of the year. That was prior to the Clemson game. Some of it, of course, has to do with the caliber of opponent, but you know, a lot of it has to do with the youth and inexperience of not only Josh Jackson, but I think the rest of this offense is really starting to manifest itself here as you know, the season wears on, guys get tired, guys get hurt, guys are, you know, new to the college game and not used to the grind of a long season. Those are all excuses at the end of the day, though. Virginia Tech needs to put their best foot forward in this game if they want to beat the Cavaliers again. Um, I think Virginia is going to hang around in this game. You know, I, I have a lot of issues as far as Virginia's passing game is concerned against Virginia Tech pass defense that I think is pretty good. They're missing Terrell Edmonds in at safety. He underwent shoulder surgery, so he's out for the year. And we're just going to have to see how the Hokies adapt here. Um, you know, they played okay last week against Pittsburgh defensively, but they're going to have to make sure they don't give a big plays in the passing game. I'm not going to pick Virginia until I see them actually beat Virginia Tech. Um, it's I have a really hard time picking Virginia to win this game not because I don't think they can I do I think of all years that you know Virginia Tech has hosted or has played Virginia in this rivalry and has had this win streak going on I think this is one of these years where Virginia has their best opportunity that they've had in a while to beat the Hokies but until Virginia actually does it I can't pick it um so with that being said, I'm going to take Virginia Tech to win this football game. Um, I think it'll be relatively low scoring. I have a hard time seeing Virginia Tech break 30 points at this point in the season. Um, they haven't been great at putting the football in the end zone. Um, Joey Sly, their starting kicker, has been hurt. There's just a lot going against them from a scoring perspective. Um, so I'm going to take the Hokies here to win a relatively low-scoring game. Let's call it like 20-14, to 14, maybe something similar to a Pittsburgh game last Saturday. Um, but I think Virginia keeps this one close, and it'll be a very competitive football game on Friday night. I think Virginia Tech fans, I, I would be surprised if it was the opposite. Virginia Tech were to blow Virginia out or vice versa. I don't think we're going to see a blowout in this game. But, you know, I think fans of both teams will be sitting there on their, you know, be sitting on their hands here waiting to see what happens. I think it'll be a really, really interesting game to watch on Friday night and one that you know, I think we'll go down to the wire, and I think the Hokies ultimately pull this thing out. But let's see what Joey has to say about this football game and see if he's in agreement. And here we go. 8 o'clock on Friday night. Mike's least favorite game of this weekend as his Hokies are on the road in Charlottesville taking on the Virginia Cavaliers. The Hokies are a 7.5-point favorite on ESPN. Again, 8 o'clock Friday night. Virginia Tech has won this game for something like since the Bible was written or something. Um this is, I, I think, literally Virginia Tech has won this game for close to two decades now, and it, a lot of that time it hasn't really been all that close. And this is the year I think that more than most in recent history, uh, the Hokies are in danger here. Um, Virginia Tech has not played well basically since they got down to Coral Gables against Miami a few weeks back. Virginia damn near beat Miami last week, uh, struggled against Louisville. They beat Georgia Tech at home before that. So Virginia has proven themselves pretty pesky uh, this season, and they are at home in Charlottesville again on senior day. The Hokies only a a 7.5-point favorite. 
I think I'm going to take the points here. Uh, I'm going to say that this is within about a touchdown or so, but I just, like, I cannot in any sense of good faith say that Virginia will win this game until I see them win it, Mike. Like, the last time that Virginia won this game, I was in, like, I don't know, second grade, and now I'm married and I have a salary and I have a house and a dog. Like, I cannot in any sense of good faith say that Virginia will win this game for the first time since I moved on to the second half of elementary school. So um, I'm going to go with the Hokies here. I don't think they cover Virginia tech has kind of squeaked a couple out lately here, uh, lost to Georgia tech. And then last week they barely won against Pittsburgh. Uh, before that, they got blown out by Miami. And before that they beat Duke pretty comfortably. So um, Virginia Tech, not all that convincing in recent weeks. I think they'll probably be up for this game again, state championship game. They haven't lost it in damn near two decades. But let's take the the, the Cavaliers to cover, but Virginia Tech to win. Uh, let's make it 21-17 Hokies. Uh, in particular, I think Virginia is going to really struggle on offense against this Hokies defense. Uh, I think Bud Foster will have these guys ready to go, and, and Virginia Tech will get a little bit of something going on offense, which will be enough given that I think, again, the Cavs are going to struggle here at home on offense. So uh, Virginia Tech 21-17, and the Hokies keep the streak going. And we move on. Number seven, Georgia, 10-1 and on the year, heading on the road to Atlanta to face Joey's 5-5 five and five Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Noon Eastern time on ABC on Saturday. Georgia enters the game as an 11-point favorite over under 51.5 in this football game. It's hate week for Joey's Yellow Jackets. Uh, they're coming off their worst loss of the season. They got blown out against a mediocre to, to kind of bad Duke team last Saturday. It was a surprise to me. Georgia is 10-1, and a few weeks removed from a blowout loss to Auburn. Um Georgia's got a very good defense. That's no surprise. It's when there's a defense that they're going up against that slows down the offense. That's when Georgia has some issues. Um, they went down to the wire against Notre Dame in the opener because Notre and I'm sorry, not the opener, second game of the year because Notre Dame had a really solid defense. Georgia was able to win that game in South Bend. Georgia lost a game to Auburn because they couldn't establish anything on the offensive side of the football, and I mean anything. Um, Jake Fromm struggled. They couldn't run the ball with Sonny Michelle or Nick Chubb. They really struggled to get anything going in that football game. Auburn, of course, overwhelmed them offensively as well. I think Georgia's going to win this game against Georgia Tech pretty comfortably on Saturday, though, and the reason why I think that is because Georgia's defense is fantastic, Georgia Tech's got a weird offense they run. It's an explosive offense when, you know, the defense doesn't key down on their reads in the run game. Um, you have to stay disciplined on defense against an option-style rushing attack. Um, Georgia Tech, you know, runs it to perfection. Georgia sees this offense in the rivalry game every year, so Georgia will be prepared. I, I have a hard time seeing Georgia Tech coming out and playing with a swagger. I mean, they... They got a lot to play for, don't get me wrong. They got six wins. They're hosting their rival. Georgia's number seven. You know, I know Georgia Tech's fans are tired of hearing about how good Georgia is. Um, Georgia Tech's got a lot to play for, but coming off of how they, you know, look, looking how they did last Saturday against Duke, it's really hard for me to pick them to keep this game competitive. Um, I can't pick them outright. I can't pick them to cover in this spot. I think Georgia's going to overwhelm Georgia Tech defensively. Likewise, I think the Georgia rushing attack is going to be too much. Georgia Tech's done a pretty good job this year defensively um, for the most part until last Saturday when fans were back on the train of calling for Ted Roof's head, and justifiably so after that performance against Duke. Georgia's going to get things rolling in this football game early. They're going to run the ball well. Jake Fromm is going to have a good day throwing the football. I think Georgia win wins this game pretty comfortably. Um, I'm kind of inclined to take the over. Um, it's it's 51 and a half. I think Georgia can get into the 30s. Um, I think Georgia Tech will will score at least twice. I don't see this thing being very competitive at all. Um, maybe like 35, uh, 35, 17, something like that. Um, I, you know, I, Georgia Tech. I think they'll be able to keep this game close early, but I think Georgia's just going to overwhelm them both offensively and defensively. So. It's hate week for my boy, Joey. Uh, let's see how he sees this thing playing out. 
High noon on ABC, my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, an 11.5-point underdog at home to their arch-rivals, the University of Georgia. Uh, and the, the Bulldogs, of course, come in a one-loss team, a 10-1 and team. Uh, two weeks ago, they lost to Auburn, their first loss of the year. Previously, they had been the number one team in the country by pretty much every metric you look at in terms of uh, people ranking them. I was never so convinced. Um, I, I think that Georgia, to a certain degree, they squeaked by Notre Dame, and then since then they've benefited from an easy schedule slash uh, a poor game from Mississippi State. So I, I'm not totally sold on Georgia being the number one team in the country. I, I don't know that they're as bad as what Auburn showed you. This game is weird, Mike. Uh, again, the, the Jackets an 11-point underdog here at home. They come in 5-5, five and five, having won every single game at home and having lost every single game they played at not home. Um, this has been like a, a pretty Jekyll and Hyde, you know, night and day football team, depending on where they're playing. Um, previously this year, they, they, you know, pretty handily beat Jacksonville State, Pittsburgh, North Carolina. They upset uh, Virginia Tech last time they played at home here a couple weeks ago. So this team has given you very, very different results based on when they've played at home versus when they've played, again, away from home. Neutral side on the first game of the year, they lost to Tennessee. They lost at Miami. They lost at Virginia. They lost at Duke here a week ago, which continues to make me drink. But anyways, um, this game, so here's the thing. Georgia, and the reason that I've been the most skeptical about them, I think they've got a really good defense. Um my problem with Georgia is that I think that Georgia is a pretty one-dimensional offense. Um, they are entirely just focused on trying to run the ball and not out of anything sort of you – know, nothing creative. We've talked a lot in the last few weeks about Scott Leffler, Boston College's very uncreative, unimaginative offensive coordinator. I think that Jim Chaney at Georgia is in that same class of guys that have never – really had a whole lot of like success to speak of and yet still find themselves in these pretty primetime jobs. Um, Georgia is going to sit there and line up in an I formation, maybe with, you know, one, two tight ends. Like this is a pro style rushing attack. There is no two ways about it there. It is straightforward. They're going to run the ball a little bit off tackle to the left, run the ball off tackle to the right. And that's about it. Um, and, a lot of times they're they're good enough at it. The offensive line is good enough at it that they can break some big plays, and that's where they've put up some big points. Georgia Tech over the last few years has been good enough on defense at stopping that type of rushing attack. You know, if it's just a very straightforward rushing attack, you know, they, they will commit seven, eight guys to stop in the run and force you to throw it over them. I don't mind their ability to do that in this game, even against you know a, a really talented group of skill position players from Georgia. Uh, I I kind of feel like the Yellow Jackets have a chance here. Ultimately, I'm not going to pick them. They haven't beaten Georgia at home since 1999, and I don't know if you remember where you were in 1999, Mike, but I was in like third grade, so. Let's just assume for now that they're not going to win this game because they haven't in like we're coming up on two decades. So let's just go there. Uh, however, 11 points is a lot. I think this game is going to be a little bit of a dog fight. Not no, no pun intended. Definitely no pun intended, but uh, I think that Georgia tech covers 11 here and loses. Um, oh, let's go uh, 28 to 20. It's like like a roughly a you know in seven eight point game. Um, I think that Georgia's going to get it done. I think the biggest thing that's going to plague Georgia Tech here is turning the ball over on offense potentially or some uh, special teams mishaps. I think that defensively they're going to be okay here. Uh, I, I, I'm not afraid of Georgia Tech of Georgia's offense here, but uh, Georgia Tech offensively has been inconsistent and and not as uh, super concerned about taking care of the ball as they need to be. Offensively, they've been very, very uh, here or there, kind of take it or leave it style. So I think that that's going to end up costing them the game here. I'm going to be there. I, I regret that I'm going to be there. I, it doesn't seem like a fun thing that's going to be to watch, but you know, time will tell. So 
Uh, let's go Georgia 28 to 20. Uh, I think Georgia Tech loses, but covers here uh, in the Bulldogs. Now, the other thing to pay attention to could be a little bit of a look ahead spot for Georgia. They got Alabama on deck next week in the SEC championship game. That is going to be basically a play in game for the playoff, assuming that Georgia wins here. However, if they don't, uh, I think that they're eliminated outright. So I don't know what that means for them. But uh, just something to think about that they could come out a little bit flat. They could get, you know, caught napping a little bit here by a, a Georgia Tech team that is just trying to salvage bowl eligibility at this point. So keep that in mind. But ultimately, yes, Georgia 28, Georgia Tech 20. I think that the, the Bulldogs, as, they, as it were, uh, have enough to win this game. Uh, but I think Georgia Tech covers. All right, let's move on. Noon Eastern on ESPN. The 4-6 Florida State Seminoles battling the 4-6 Florida Gators. Florida State enters this game as a 5.5-point favorite over under at 43.5. Let's start here. Nobody's actually going to watch this game, right? I mean, that's <laughs> that's really the question. I mean, nobody's actually going to watch this. Um, two teams that are extremely underwhelming on offense. Two of the slowest-paced teams in the nation. If you like to watch slow boring football this is your game um you got two above average defenses going up against two really really poor offenses um this is going to be ugly over under is 43 and a half i'm taking the under here i'm not touching the scoring line um i think florida state wins this football game against florida on saturday but i don't i'm not going to touch the line i mean florida state five and a half point favorite i could see them winning by a touchdown i could see them winning by a field goal i uh, you know anything else other than that a blowout either direction nothing would surprise me just because of how these teams have played and how inconsistent both sides have been james blackman for florida state has struggled all year uh getting on track to the quarterback position um florida state's got a pretty solid rushing attack right now cam Akers. You know, Florida, they got a lot of different playmakers. They're, of course, hurting from the suspensions that have plagued them all year. Um, you know, with Antonio Callaway at receiver, and then, of course, the issues that they've had on defense as well. They haven't had a quarterback all year. They fired Jim McElwain a few weeks ago. Former Miami head coach Randy Shannon is the interim coach there. So this will be a weird, boring, slow-paced game here in Gainesville. Um you know, Florida State has more to play for than Florida at this point. Uh, Florida is playing for pride and a five and six record. Florida State is still playing for a bowl game because um, they scheduled who was it like UL Lafayette or UL Monroe? I think it was UL Monroe um, in the you know in the season finale in two weeks. That game was originally canceled because of the hurricane, but the Seminoles will now play them next Saturday on the same day as the ACC championship. So they still got two games remaining. Florida State has a bowl game still within reach if they win this game on Saturday against Florida in the rivalry spot and then take care of business against UL Monroe. The Seminoles will still be going bowling. They got more to play for. I think they win. I think it's ugly. Uh, you know, if you like good quarterback play, watch something else. Don't watch this game. I repeat, like definitely don't watch this game. Um, let me just try to save you some time here. Uh, a game that you know, when you looked at it on paper at the beginning of the year, it was supposed to be pretty exciting with a Florida team that a lot of people were expecting to win nine or ten games and compete for a for a spot out of the SEC East in the conference championship game. Uh, wasn't to be. Florida State, of course, was a preseason top three or four team, depending on what poll you looked at, and a contender to be in the college football playoff. This game has notably lost its luster, of course. Don't watch this game on Saturday. I'm just doing you a favor. Uh, let's kick it over to Joey and see what he thinks. All right, so look, if you had told me before this season that Florida State was going to be a five-point favorite over Florida this weekend, I would have believed you, right? Like, Florida State, pretty damn good team. Like, we thought they were going to win the ACC, the whole thing. Florida have been real good. They won the SEC East the last couple years. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, Mike, these teams are combined 8-12 and 12 on the year. It's not great. This is the battle for the uh, five and six as it were, APR bull bid. Maybe Florida State beats ULM here in a couple weeks and gets to 6-6 six and six if they win this game. Mike, this game's at noon on ESPN, and yes, the Seminoles are a five-point favorite on the road in Gainesville. Um, I don't really know what to say about this game. It's probably not going to be all that pretty. 
Florida State, after DeAndre Francois got hurt in the opener, uh, the whole thing got really just not pretty at all, and it has never really recovered. Um, the Knowles, I think that they covered the spread for the first time this season last week when they played Delaware State, and they were favored by, like, 55 points, and they won the game by 65 or whatever it was. Like, Mike, I told you that I was not I was not going to pick Florida State to cover the spread the rest of this year. I've done such a bad job of holding to that promise, and, man, uh, I guess Florida's got enough going for it. What the hell? Let's go f- Florida to cover five. Knowles win by three. Last second field goal, maybe. Uh, tie game late. This is not going to be a pretty game. This is not a sight for sore eyes, Mike. Do not do not watch this game. It's not going to be pretty. Both these teams are varying levels of pretty bad and pretty hard to watch. Um, sure. Let's go Knowles. Uh... 24-21. I think Florida's going to give them a little bit of a game here. The Florida offense has kind of gotten a little bit better, but uh, it's it's not pretty in Gainesville. It ain't pretty in Tallahassee. And uh, this this is a couple teams that have gone so far downhill so quickly that uh, it's very, very surprising. Not what we were looking for this season, but sure. Florida covers five, but Knowles win... 24 21 please don't watch this game joey's other team the louisville cardinals seven and four on the year taking on the kentucky wildcats also seven and four noon eastern time on the sec network coming at you live from commonwealth stadium in lexington lexington kentucky louisville 10 point favorite over under is 68 vegas thinks there's going to be a lot of points i tend to agree um, neither of these defenses are very good. Let's just lay it out there, plain and simple. Um, Louisville's defense the last couple of weeks, though, has been gaining some confidence. They looked dominant last Saturday, specifically against Syracuse there on senior day. The Cardinals have an offensive attack, of course, powered by quarterback Lamar Jackson, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, who's not even in the discussion this year, which is absurd. Jackson, 3,200 yards passing, nearly 3,300 actually, 23 touchdowns through the air. Also has nearly 1,300 yards rushing on the ground and 17 scores. Kentucky, they've done a nice job this year getting up and down the field. Uh, They're a team that, you know, loves to spread it out under Mark Stoops. Um, Steven Johnson has been pretty solid at quarterback, um, 1,900 yards passing, 62% completion percentage, has 10 touchdowns on the year. Uh... He's added 352 yards on the ground and three touchdowns, but their offense runs through Benny Snell Jr., 1,100 yards rushing, 16 scores. The key to this game will be Louisville's ability to stop the run. Uh, if Louisville stops the run, I think they win this game because I don't think uh, Stephen Johnson can you know, propel Kentucky to a victory through the air. I just don't think it can happen. Um, Louisville has multiple ways to beat you on offense. They're playing their best football of the year. The Cardinals are exciting and explosive on offense. The defense is starting to gain confidence. Give me Louisville to win this game, exert some payback on Kentucky for the loss that the Wildcats handed the Cardinals a year ago um, at Louisville. But I think the Cardinals get some payback here. I think they win. I think Lamar Jackson has a big day. I'm not sure how Kentucky's going to stop him. And I think the Wildcats, you know, I think they'll be able to get something going offensively. I think it'll be a high-scoring, entertaining game. Uh, Two teams like to get up and down the field. At a, at a fast pace, basically the polar opposite of Florida State, Florida that we previewed. Um, give me Louisville to win this game. I think they cover ten. I think it's exciting. Um, I think it. I think it stays barely under sixty-eight. I do see this game getting into the thirty. So um, I wouldn't touch that line. It's definitely going to be high scoring. It's going to be entertaining and should be one of those games. It's a must-watch in the early window if you're looking for good ACC football. And with that, of course, let's turn it over to Joey and see if he's confident about his Cardinals heading into this game on Saturday. Noon on the SEC Network, Mike. My Louisville Cardinals, a 10-point favorite on the road in Lexington against the Kentucky Wildcats. I, If you had told me two, three weeks ago that Louisville's going to be a 10-point favorite in this game, I would not have believed you at all. Kentucky is arguably the second-best team in the SEC East. And I say arguably, that would not be a very hard argument to make. Um, 
The SEC East has been pretty garbage this year, and Kentucky is like the top of the garbage heap outside of teams named Georgia. Um, the Cardinals, meanwhile, have started to build back some momentum here the last couple of weeks. Lamar Jackson has been absolutely just putting on a show this year. He's probably been better than he was last year when he won the Heisman Trophy. He's probably not going to win it this year because the Heisman Trophy is a very strange award, Mike. Uh, the Cards coming off a 38-21 win over Virginia and then a 56-10 win over uh, Syracuse in the Orange last week. Um, I've not been high on the Cardinals this year. I've told you all about what I think of them, and it hasn't really been all that pretty for a lot of the uh, a lot of the year. But Kentucky is um, – let's see. I, I don't know how to say this all PC, but let's just say that Kentucky is the best of a group of bad teams. Um there's something you could throw in there about short people, but I just won't uh, in the sake of uh, trying to be nice. But uh, Kentucky, look, they're 7-4. and four. They're not good. They're a 7-4 and four SEC team that is not good, Mike. Uh, Louisville, a 10-point road favorite. They're going to be looking for some revenge after last year when they lost this game at home to uh, Kentucky somehow. Uh, still not entirely sure how that happened, but... Lamar Jackson probably looking for a good little send-off here in his last regular season game. Um, uh, 10 is kind of a lot here, but I'm going to go with Louisville to cover. And me picking Louisville to cover this year, Mike, is, is, a, is a pretty telling sign. So let's go with Louisville to cover 10. Uh, I think this is not really all that close of a game. Um, Louisville 45, Kentucky 24. This is like a three-touchdown game, I think. This isn't all that close. Uh, Kentucky's pretty bad. Louisville's starting to show some life on the defensive side of the ball. Lamar Jackson has been nothing short of spectacular this year, even even late. I mean, he hasn't uh, he hasn't really blinked at all here in the last few weeks. So let's go with the cards. Uh, they cover 10, for better or worse. And uh, this game might also not be a sore eyes, as a, a couple of these might not be. So... Uh, cards cover 10, win 45-24. 12-20 Eastern ACC Network. Now, another one of those games in that early window for the ACC. Boston College Eagles 6-5 and five on the year, heading to Syracuse, New York, in the Carrier Dome to take on the 4-7 and seven Orange. BC enters this game as a 3.5-point favorite. Syracuse has had their struggles, of course. They get blown out against Louisville a week ago. Offense looked bad behind quarterback Zach Mahoney because Joey's ACC uh, Player of the Year pick, Eric Junji, has been struggling with injuries here for the better part of the last month. Syracuse isn't the same without him offensively. Um, they're going to have to have Zach Mahoney playing at a high level if he does end up being the starter on Saturday. BC running the ball extremely well. They're playing hard. The quarterback plays been iffy all year, but they found something offensively with A.J. Dillon. I question Syracuse's ability to stop the run. Um, BC has won four out of their last five games because they've run the football really well. The one team that was able to stimmy the run was NC State, and that's the reason why NC State was able to come out with a victory against BC a couple weeks ago. Heading on the road, even though it's a tough environment to play in, I like Boston College to win the game. Um, I do think they'll be able to run the football well against Syracuse. Uh, without Eric Dungy, if it does indeed end up being Zach Mahoney a quarterback again, I question the Orange's ability to score enough points to beat Boston College with the way the Eagles' offense is playing. Let that sink in. I'm, I'm questioning a team's ability to keep up offensively with BC. That's the 2017 ACC season for you. So give me the Eagles to win this game. They've been more consistent of late. Syracuse has been all over the map, offensively and defensively. I think Syracuse will be more competitive and will have a better opportunity if Eric Dungey does indeed come back and play in this football game. But give me BC to win on the road. They're only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they'll cover. I think Syracuse keeps this thing relatively close, uh, likely within you know 10 to 13 points. But I think BC still wins this game by a little over a touchdown so give me the Eagles here and let's see what Joey says about this one this is a weird game especially if there's no Eric Dungy so let's see what Joey has to say Boston College a three and a half point road favorite at 12 20 p.m. in a carrier dome against the Syracuse Orange as the D train making a stop here in uh upstate New York this week Mike uh Boston College 
as bad as they were earlier this year, they seem to have kind of found themselves here. They're six and five, and they've won four of their last five at the very least. Um, meanwhile, Syracuse, we, we're not really sure about the health of Eric Dungey. He was a scratch last week. That kind of screwed over my uh, my pick of the week, where I had the over in the Louisville Syracuse game, and then Syracuse was just not capable of scoring points because Eric Dungey, future ACC Player of the Year, was not in the lineup. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be back this week, and I don't know that Vegas does either. The Eagles, again, 6-5, and five, a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. Here's the thing. They have run the ball so exceptionally well for about a month and a half now. I, I kind of can't believe that I'm saying this, but I, I just can't pick against Boston College right now. I can't do it. I, I mean, they are they're playing really well, way beyond what I ever thought they would this year. And I'm going to take the Eagles here to cover three and a half and, and win this game uh, pretty big against Syracuse. Maybe like a two touchdown, uh, 38-24 maybe kind of win. Um, the last four games against Connecticut, NC State, Florida State, and Virginia, they are three and one, and they've allowed 43 points in four games. Uh, that's pretty exceptionally well on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, meanwhile, they have just been uh, just running all over people with AJ Dillon uh, and the D train. So let's let's go with Boston College. I if 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 I were to find out that Eric Dungey were playing in this game, I might kind of look at it differently. But at this point, I don't have that confirmation, and so I just cannot cannot pick Syracuse here. I think the Eagles uh, go to seven and five on the year, which what a weird time to be alive. Uh, I think they cover three and a half here. I think they win pretty comfortably. Let's go 38-24 Boston College. Another early game, 12-30 Eastern ACC Network. Duke Blue Devils 5-6 and six, coming off a big-time win against Georgia Tech last Saturday. Head on the road to host the Wake Forest Steam and Deacons, as I love to call them. Wake Forest 7-4 and four on the year. Playing in their season finale, the regular season finale against a Duke team that's searching for bowl eligibility, so it should be a competitive game. Wake Forest an 11.5 point favorite, over under set at 58. John Wolford and Wake Forest offensively have been fantastic. Uh, Wolford is one of the top, you know, six or seven quarterbacks in the entire country, which is a far cry from, you know, what he was doing a couple years ago when you're questioning whether or not he would complete a third of his passes. Uh, he's one of the most improved players in the country. Um, you know, set the ACC aside. I think he's the most improved player in the ACC for sure, but one of the most improved players in the entire country. Taking on a Duke defense that really isn't that good. Um, Duke is coming off a huge win last week. I don't trust the Blue Devils. Um, I thought they were a team that was a bit overrated heading into the year. Everybody was talking about how good Daniel Jones was going to be, myself included. Uh, he had a good game last Saturday, but he's been pretty underwhelming here in his sophomore season. Duke's running game hasn't been great, even though it was good last Saturday. It seems like everything that Duke's been doing all year kind of, you know, was lost in the shuffle, and the Duke team that a lot of people expected to be good was the one that actually showed up last Saturday. But the Blue Devils have been inconsistent all year. It's why they're sitting at 5-6. and six. It's why they're down to the wire here in their final regular season game of the year looking for bowl eligibility instead of being where they probably should as a 7-8 or eight win team. We'll see how they perform on Saturday. I don't trust them. Wake Forest is playing better football on both sides of the ball. 11.5 points, so that's a lot of points. It's a lot of points in in-state rivalry game in Winston-Salem. I think Duke makes this thing competitive against Wake Forest. I do think Wake Forest is going to end up winning the football game, but I think it'll be close. So give me the Demon Deacons, something like 30 to 23, and that, that might be too many points. But I think the total stays under 58 in this football game. But, yeah, give me give me Wake Forest to win this thing, and... It'll be a competitive game on Saturday, one to definitely keep an eye on, but I just don't think Duke has enough firepower in this game to beat Wake Forest, so I'm going to take Wake, I'm going to take the Demon Deacons here, and let's see what Joey has to say about the Steam and Deeks. Big weekend on Tobacco Road. Uh, the Duke Blue Devils on the road in Winston-Salem. Uh, a 12-point underdog to the Wake Forest Steam and Deacons. Uh, the, the Blue Devils coming off of a win against my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, a 23-point win, as it were. Um, I'm that's that's I'm gonna leave it there. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, Wake Forest, 
winners of three of their last four, and they only won a, a loss to Notre Dame. But Wake Forest has been one of the surprises of the year. They win this game, they go to eight and four, Mike, and that's much better than even I predicted them. And I was the uh, optimistic one on the preview uh, podcast. I think I picked them at six and six, and I was picking them higher than both you and Robert Reinhardt were. So uh, Wake having a real good year. Um, they just beat NC State, which is a pretty relatively statement win, all things told. Um, NC State struggling a little bit this year uh, here in the back half of the year, but still, again, I think a good team. Uh, Duke, on the other hand, coming off a win over Georgia Tech, I think that that was a, a, a fluke of sorts. Um, I think that Georgia Tech played a f- pretty bad game on Saturday, just all things told. Um, I don't think that Duke is a uh, particularly good team. And, and you'll notice, too, though, that of their six losses that were all in a row coming up to the Georgia Tech game, uh, I think four of them were within a score. So one possession losses. So not just total blowout situations, but... Duke has not been able to get over the hump. Wake Forest, on the other hand, has been pretty exceptionally uh, consistent this year, which is, you know, something that's kind of coming to premium in the ACC. Um, I like Wake Forest here. I don't know that I like them to cover twelve. Um, they are at home. It is Senior Day for John Walford and Lord knows who else. Uh, lots of guys on the Wake Forest team. Twelve seems like a lot. I think I might pick them to cover here. Um, I, I think I'd like the Deacons to cover 12, not by a lot, but maybe a, a two touchdown or maybe 17 point win, something like that. Um, which isn't all that close, but you know, Duke is, has been very, very inconsistent this year. And, and I don't know, give me Wake Forest. Um, let's go something weird. Like, 37-21. Uh, let's go Deeks 37-21. I don't think Duke's got the horses to really stop Wake Forest this year. Um, again, as much as they beat up my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets last week, that, that was not really indicative of Duke being really good as much as Georgia Tech having a really bad week. So, uh, yeah, Wake covers 12, which seems like a lot, but I think they get it done. Uh, Wake Forest 37, Duke 20. Yeah, well, that noon window was a bloodbath, so let's move on to the 3.30 window, the only ACC game on Saturday in the 3.30 window. On ESPNU, the 3-8 and eight North Carolina Tar Heels. Don't worry, UNC fans, the misery is almost over. Head into their season finale on the road to take on the NC State Wolfpack, 7-4 and four on the year, 5-2 and two in conference play, coming off of a brutal loss on the road last weekend to Wake Forest. It's senior day at Carter-Finley, NC State 16.5-point favorite, over-under in this football game set at 56. Anybody think North Carolina will be competitive in this one? Because I certainly don't. Um, NC State definitely not playing their best football of the year. Um, They're another one of those teams that's regressed offensively and defensively, as we saw last weekend against John Wolford and the Demon Deacons. NC State's one of those teams that I think is just better than North Carolina, and I think they'll win this game. They're a 16.5-point favorite. I wouldn't touch it. I could see it going either direction. I think North Carolina keeps it close and plays for pride because it's a rivalry game. And by keeping it close, I mean keeps it within 16.5. But I could see it either way. I could see it, you know, a 17- or 18-point victory for NC State, or I could see, you know, a two-touchdown loss for North Carolina. So I'd leave that alone. Uh, But I'll take NC State to win this thing pretty comfortably. I don't think the outcome will ever really be in doubt. Even though NC State isn't playing their best football, I think they're too much on both sides of the football, specifically with their front seven defensively, getting after that North Carolina passing attack that really hasn't held up well. That offensive line has really struggled to protect quarterbacks this year. It's why they've they've now settled on Nathan Elliott, who was entering the year as the third-string quarterback behind Brandon Harris and Chad Surratt. I like the way Nathan Elliott's playing, but I don't like it well enough against a front seven to NC State that I think is really going to get after his offensive line. So I think NC State produces a couple turnovers that ends up you know, determining the final outcome of this football game. So give me NC State to win this thing. I'll take North Carolina to cover barely, um, but it'll be very close. So give me NC State to win, North Carolina to cover, and let's see what Joey has to say about this football game. 3.30 on ESPNU, the NC State Wolfpack, a 16.5-point home favorite playing host to their uh, tobacco road rivals, the North Carolina Tar Heels. 
not been a pretty season for North Carolina. They have won two in a row, but it was a uh, a bit of a lucky Thursday night win over Pittsburgh, and then a uh, a route of FCS Western Carolina last week. Um, I don't know that I see North Carolina getting a fourth win here. Uh, NC State ha- has lost three out of four, but none of which were really just bad losses. Uh, they lost. In South Bend against Notre Dame, they lost barely to uh, Clemson at home. They beat Boston College on the road, which is apparently a more respectable win than we think it is. And they also just barely lost on the road at Wake Forest in a game that they really they had won, and they uh, they fumbled the ball away. So um, I think NC State, I don't know if I can trust them to cover 16.5, getting it outside of two touchdowns here. Um, North Carolina has been bad, but has not quit this year. Um, prior to their two recent wins, they had a five-point loss at home to Miami. Uh, they got blown out by Virginia Tech, and before that, they had a six-point loss at home to Virginia. They've played better at home, but this is not really a far road trip. Um, somehow, I just don't get the feeling at this point that NC State is going to really be out for blood here. Um, they haven't really been uh, overly dominant or really imposing the last few weeks. Uh, so I'm going to take North Carolina to cover 16.5 here. Um, I think NC State still wins the game outright fairly comfortably, maybe a 10-13 to 13 point win, but I think 16.5 is too much, especially in a rivalry game. Uh, I, I just don't think that they're going to be able to blow out the Tar Heels in a, in a year where they have been struggling as much as they have. So give me NC State. Um, let's call it, I think this gets somewhat high scoring. So we'll go like 38, 24, maybe 38, 27, something to that effect. Um, a little bit high scoring, but I think that NC state wins without, uh, without fully covering. I think the Tar Heels are going to keep it somewhat respectable, uh, even if through a backdoor cover. And here we are at the final game of Saturday in the ACC, and it's a big one. 7.30 Eastern on ESPN. The number three Clemson Tigers, 10-1 and on the year, head on the road to, to face 24th-ranked South Carolina. South Carolina 8-3 and on the year now under Will Muschamp. Down there in Columbia, Clemson 13.5-point favorite, over-under set at 46.5. That's a lot of points. It's a lot of points to lay against the South Carolina team, specifically on defense. It's been pretty good this year. Um, This is a tough game for Clemson. Um, Let's call it what it is. I mean, South Carolina has been up and down offensively, obviously missing missing a piece in Debo Samuel that I think would be really helpful to have in this game against Clemson. Not having Debo, I think, could ultimately swing it one way or another. Um, South Carolina's done a pretty good job compensating for his absence. This season, they've had, they've been without him for most of the year. Uh, he was lost in September due to injury. Clemson needs this game. Um, they lose this game. It doesn't matter what happens next weekend in the ACC championship game. If they lose this game, they have two losses: one against Syracuse, who was sitting at four and seven entering their game on Saturday, and you have a second loss to South Carolina. It doesn't matter if you win the ACC championship or not. Um, you're going to be out of the college football playoff. So. Massive game for Clemson. Big game for South Carolina as well. Um, South Carolina, of course, looking for a second-place finish in the SEC East, which would be a big deal for them. They've been a team that's really struggled here over the last few years, so looks like Will Muschamp has that thing heading in the right direction. And I think the Gamecocks will keep this game pretty close at home. Um, Clemson's going to come in. I expect Clemson to play well, but South Carolina's got a good football team. I think 13.5 is a lot of points to lay. Clemson's passing game has been spotty uh, for the better part of the year. Um, Not a ton of consistency there with Kelly Bryant throwing the football, but he's been great running the ball. If South Carolina can slow down or find a way to stop completely the Clemson rushing attack, I think South Carolina is going to win this football game. I'm going to take Clemson ultimately because I think they have too much talent across the board for South Carolina to handle, even at home. But it's going to be close. I, I think South Carolina keeps this thing within a touchdown, um, potentially even within a field goal. I think 13.5 points, I think that's way too many. Maybe I'm giving South Carolina too much credit, but Clemson has had trouble covering large spreads this year. 
I consider 13 and a half points against a rivalry game. In a rivalry game against a team that you face every year out of the SEC, I consider 13 and a half points a lot, especially against a South Carolina team that's better this year than they have been in years past. So I think South Carolina covers here. I'm going to take Clemson to win to set up for a huge showdown in the ACC championship game next Saturday. But for the final for the final game of the weekend, let's see what Joey has to say and see if he's in agreement. Maybe he thinks that Clemson will blow out South Carolina. I don't know, but let's see what he has to say. Your number three Clemson Tigers, a 14-point road favorite in Columbia against their arch-rival South Carolina Gamecocks. This is at 7.30 p.m. on ESPN, a, uh, a nice little nightcap for a rivalry Saturday uh, slate of games. The Gamecocks have had a fairly good year. They're 8-3 and three at this point. They opened the year beating the NC State Wolfpack. Now, that was when they had uh, Debo Samuel. He was lost for the year, I believe, in the second game of the year to an injury, uh, and that pretty drastically changed the course of their season uh really rendered their offense a whole lot less uh effective a whole lot less powerful and they've kind of had to rebuild themselves a little bit so I, I i talked about kentucky a little bit being the best sec east team not named georgia and how that really doesn't mean a lot if it's not them it's probably south carolina and again i mean 14 is kind of a lot here for Clemson, especially a team that has not blown teams out. They're going on the road to take on an in-state rival. Um, I don't know that South Carolina is really that good, especially without Debo Samuel. But for now, I'm thinking that the Gamecocks probably cover here. Um, I've taken a lot of underdogs this week, but we'll see. Uh, I think the Gamecocks cover 14 here. I think Clemson gets it done and remains unscathed into uh, into the ACC championship game next weekend. But ultimately, I think Clemson gets it done. I think they're going to give South Carolina's offense enough problems uh, with their defense. I think Kelly Bryant and uh, Travis Etienne and them are going to get up enough points on the board to um, not really be scared by this one, but... Let's go South Carolina to cover 14. Let's go Clemson to win. Uh, we'll say Tigers 27-17 or 27-16 or something something in that range. Uh, I think Clemson gets it done but does not yet cover. So uh, let's go there. And that about does it. Thanks, everyone, again for hanging with us. I know this wasn't an ideal scenario for this week. But Joey did a great job, of course, recording his segments and getting those over. And we're doing the best we can. I'm, you know, shout out to Joey for recording on vacation. Um, you know, that's major dedication by my podcast co-host uh, to make do with what we had. Um, not the easiest situation for him being out of the country and recording, but he always comes in clutch. So uh, big thanks to my co-host. Um, it should be an exciting rivalry week here in the ACC, one that I know that Joey and I are extremely excited about. A lot of big games. We got games with college football, playoff implications. Of course, Miami has to beat Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, they'll be in the ACC championship game, but a loss against Pittsburgh could be pretty damning to their college football playoff hopes. Clemson already has a loss to Syracuse on the year. They got to beat South Carolina. It's going to be a tough road game. And a lot of really good games versus ranked and unranked opponents throughout the slate so it should be a very exciting Saturday as always you can catch Joey on Twitter at FTRS Joey you can catch me on Twitter at Mike McDaniel ACC together Joey and I are at BC podcast ACC so tweet us interact with us on Saturday uh, should be a fun day of college football you can also find us of course on Facebook uh, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review find all of our podcasts there you can also find us of course on itunes google play and as joey always says wherever fine podcasts are sold you know give us a review subscribe to our podcast on itunes let us know how we're doing give us a five-star rating uh give us a shout out on facebook any interaction you guys have to let us know how we're doing is extremely important to us so keep those coming you can also find us at the longest email address known to man, and I'm going to have to try this this week, of course, without Joey. Basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. I think I did a pretty good job with that. I think I nailed it. Um, don't worry, Joey. I had it covered. Um, 
And yeah, enjoy week 13. Joey and I will be back, of course, to recap all the games, likely on Sunday. Joey's coming back from Jamaica. I'm back on the East Coast of the United States. So we should have a good, solid podcast together to recap all of the ACC action coming sometime on Sunday. But until then, for Mr. Joey Weaver, I'm Mike McDaniel. Thanks, everybody, for listening, as always. Until next time, go ACC.